listening to a message from Ogden Church, a gospel-centered ministry for all people. We hope during the next few minutes you gain a better understanding of God's love expressed in the person of Jesus Christ. Welcome. We are so glad that you're here. If you're joining us online, welcome to you as well. We're continuing our series out of the book of Ruth. We are in week four and chapter two. So you may be asking, how long is this going to last? It's a short book. So we're in it together. It's going to be wonderful to check out these verses together today. There's a few primary characters in this book that we get a chance to get to know. Naomi is one of them, and Ruth, who the book is named after, is one of them. Naomi's experienced an extreme amount of tragedy early in this book. So her husband dies, her two sons die, and her one daughter-in-law goes with her to go back to Bethlehem where she's from because she thinks if I go back there, I'll, I'll be able to get provided for. God's providing for those people and I want some of that blessing. So she heads back, she goes to the town and she says, don't even call me Naomi which means sweet, but she's so upset because of the tragedy that she's been through. She said, call me bitter, call call me Mara, because I'm bitter because God brought me back empty. It's his fault, I'm empty, and I'm grumpy, and I'm mad, I'm upset about it. Right? Some of us know these people that have been through a challenging time, and all they see is bad stuff. And and maybe you're one of these people predisposed to seeing bad things everywhere you look. And so one of the things that we want to be careful of is that we don't get stuck in that place because life sometimes is bad. And when I was thinking about the place Naomi was in when she came back to Bethlehem, it made me think of this sketch from a comedy show. Let's check it out. Let's check it out together. Right? Like, we all know somebody 
who can get stuck in frustration and find themselves only seeing negative things. I got hugged by Tigger. It's like, well, Roy's not doing very well. So, you know, we, we want to be careful because life sometimes is difficult. Life is hard. And it doesn't mean bad things don't happen, but it's possible for us to get so stuck in those things that we can miss what God is doing in and around us. I think the, the point of the verses we're going to be reading together today is that redemption is always possible. No matter where you are currently in your life, no matter how difficult the things that you may have had to go through are, redemption is always possible. And it's made possible through an incredible God that shows us his love in and through the difficulties of this world. And we see the process of redemption play out in three ways. It's the first part is to be willing to be amazed, not be so upset that you're, ama- you're able to be amazed at God. Receive long-term hope. Be able to have hope that's bigger and past the situation that we're in and be committed. Live a life of commitment. And we see that Naomi, even though she said, call me bitter, she's still willing to be amazed and Our passage starts here in chapter 2, verses 17 through 19. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over, After she had eaten enough, her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you go to work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. So she comes home with an ephah of grain. They think this is 30 to 50 pounds of grain. This is a lot of grain. This is a ton of grain. She comes home with it, and Naomi is so blown away. She's like, where did you work? She's like, where did you work today? And before she can even finish her thought, she says, blessed be the man in whose field you were working. She's so amazed at what God has done, how he's provided. She went out just thinking, I was going to get enough food for the day. I was hoping to just survive for a day, maybe two. But she got God's blessing and poured out on her. And Naomi, instead of staying stuck in the negative stuff she was going through, was able to recognize and be amazed at what God has done. You know, I worked with a young lady in Pittsburgh who had a really rough ministry background. Her mom had fallen in, was on staff at at a church and had a moral failing. And it was brutal. It was when she was about in middle school and it was tragic for her. It was awful. And then she got out of high school and went to college and had a mentor in ministry that also had a moral failing. And she had all of this struggle as a result of this baggage she had from her past. She she was like, well, it's going to fall apart. Things are probably going to go poorly. And 
And we worked together for a season, and, and she really desperately, over the time we worked together, she wanted a husband and to start a family. This was sort of the desire of her heart, and, and she started to date this one guy, and he was in medical school, and he was a believer. He, he's a very serious Christian. He proposed. They got engaged, and yet, even when they were engaged, she found herself in this deep, deep anxiety and depression because she couldn't get past some of the anchors of the past to recognize the blessings of today. And I remember she called me and she was engaged and she was having a, counsel, a counseling session. She started to go to counseling. And she said, I just don't feel like I'm as happy as I should be. Why aren't I as happy as I think I should be right now? And the counselor said, it's, it's really amazing that in spite of all of the things that you've been through, that and all the anxiety that you're feeling that God has still given you all the desires of your heart. He's still blessed you with a man who wants to marry you in a future where you can step into a new season. But some of us are so stuck in the pain of the past that we can't see the blessings of the present. We're like a car with the emergency brake on and, and we just get stuck in this situation. And yeah, a car can move if you push the gas pedal with the emergency brake on, but it doesn't move very well. And it doesn't go the places that it should be going. I heard a comedian say, I drove like five miles with the emergency brake on, which doesn't say much for me, but it really doesn't say much for the emergency brake <laughs> because it just kept going. He said it should be called the make the car smell funny lever. But life can be like that where we just get stuck in a situation. And we, we aren't able to see, even though God has given us some amazing blessings in the present. See, Naomi is willing to recognize that even though her husband, her sons, they're gone. She felt bitter, but she didn't stay there. She saw. But she doesn't just focus on the grain. She doesn't just focus on the immediate blessing. And verse 20, we're going to look at just one verse together. And she sees eternal hope in this verse. The Lord bless him. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, He, God, has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead, she added. That man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. Part of the law at this time is if your husband passed away, a family member would step in to care for the family and make sure the name of the family didn't disappear. And so he, she's like, God is at work. He's doing something. And she says, God has not forgotten us. He, she before was saying, call me bitter. He brought me back empty. She's angry with God. She's yelling at him. But now she's starting to see, no, no, no. He, God, has not stopped showing his kindness. His kindness. God's kindness. Sometimes pastors will point to the original languages of Greek and Hebrew to try to highlight points. I don't do that very often because I feel like sometimes it's not very helpful. But in this particular situation, this word, his kindness, is described, and, and the word in Hebrew is chesed. And we're going to look at this word together. It's, this is it in Hebrew. You would read it from the right to the left. It's, it's read differently than, than English. And 
This word has so many meanings to it. It's describing the love of God for his people. And this is so fascinating, fascinating that Naomi would use this word. It means faithfulness, loyalty, covenant keeping, truth, tender mercies, kindness, and long suffering. This woman who who was yelling at God because he brought her back bitter, was angry with him. She said, he has not stopped showing his loving kindness, his faithfulness, his love to us, God's love for us. The redeeming love of God. He's a redeemer for us. These ladies, they didn't have any hope. It's easy when you get stuck in the challenge of, like, look, I can't, purchase property. I don't know how I'm going to get food to feed myself, but God shows up and he hasn't forgotten his kindness and he provides for them. And yet she points to God and says, it's not just about Boaz. It's not just about grain, but God has not forgotten his kindness to us. You ever seen such a a turn in life where you go from destitute to joyous? This, this, thought made me think of the movie It's a Wonderful Life. I don't know if you've seen this movie, but it's about a character named George, and he is about to lose everything. They're going to foreclose on his business, and he's thinking about taking his own life, and and he goes out on a bridge, and he meets Clarence, right, this angel, and he gets a chance to get a new lease on life, and, and he just wants another shot, and at the end, he realizes like he's been given another chance at life. And he's amazed, and he's running down the street, and he's like, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. And he starts to see that there's a greater hope, a bigger hope than just the challenges he's experiencing in that day. And he starts to experience a deeper sense of love. And he runs down the street, and he gets into his house, and he sees like the police, and he sees the the bill collector that he's not going to be able to pay. And he runs into his house, and he says, I'm going to jail. Isn't it wonderful? He's, He's even given joy in the idea that he might go to jail. And all of this happens, this change in his joy, it all happens before all of the people in the town come in and pay the debt that he had owed. You know what God's love does for us? Is it meets us in the midst of those destitute and broken situations. And through his love that he's offered us on the cross, he pours out blessing on us. His love. His hope, his forgiveness that we could never have earned and we're able to receive hope out of the challenges of today and not just focus on the blessing, but remember it's about God, not about us. Redemption, it's always possible. But you need to be able to be amazed. You need to be able to receive hope out of your situation to see an eternal hope that God's offering us through his forgiveness for us on the cross. And then we see Ruth live committed. Live a a committed life here in the final few verses, 21 through 23. Then Ruth the Moabite said, he even said to me, Boaz, he, he said to me, stay with my workers until they're finished harvesting all of my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go with the women 
who work for him. Because in somebody else's field, you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the women of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvest were finished. And she lived with her mother-in-law. Ruth has all of this stuff laid out in front of her. Right? They, they don't have hope. They come back home. And then there's Boaz. And there's hope. And this guy has taken notice of her. He's providing for her. He's a kinsman redeemer. God's hand is working all of these things because of his loving faithfulness. He's making it happen. And it's all right there. And sometimes we see all of the right elements and we think, okay, well, all the ingredients are here. Maybe I should just snap my fingers and there should be a cake. Surprise! Like, what's the holdup? Just marry this lady and let's get it over with. God's timing is perfect. And so she just goes to the field day after day. She does what she knows is right in the situation. And you know what? Like, some of us want God, the sun, to shine the sun in the darkness of our lives so we can see miles ahead. But you know what Scripture tells us? It tells us that His Word is is a lamp unto our feet. How far does a lamp shoot light? Not that far. Take one step at a time. Walk in the light of God. Live committed. You know, we have a commitment problem in our culture. Is that fair to say? I think it's fair to say. We got commitment issues as a people. And I'm just going to tell you about mine right now. And so... <laughs> I live in, in Adrian in Lenawee County where there are some places in our county, I'm sure you're familiar with this, where the internet is excessively slow. You cannot get fast internet. It's extremely frustrating. I was very angry about this. I saw a sign where it said, high-speed rural internet. And I was super excited. I was like, wow, who does this magic? So I called. I called the number. And I said, hey, can I, can I get that? I want that high-speed rural internet. He said, well, I work for this, you know, they're all subsidiaries of other com companies, all different things. And so they're like, hey, you can get the satellite dish on your property, and, and we'll give you high speed. And I said, okay, that sounds good, but you look it up, and there's lots of people that have different experiences with these satellite dish companies. And I'm on the phone for 30 minutes with this guy. And I'm like, listen, I want your internet at my house, but I don't know if it's going to be good. And he's like, oh, it's going to be great. I promise it's going to be amazing. All you have to do is sign this contract that's going to be solid for two years that you can't get out of. And if you want to get out of it, you have to pay the whole thing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how this is going to work. I will pay you for services rendered, sir, and you will give me high-speed internet, and then I give you the money. But that's not what he wanted. He wanted... Me to guarantee I'd hold up my end of the deal with no promise that he'd hold up his end of the deal. How many of us approach our relationship with God in this exact same way, the way I talk to the internet company? We say, God, well, I, maybe I'll commit to you, but what am I going to get in return? What are you going to give me? You want something from me? And praise God that Jesus Christ himself didn't have that same conversation with us. When he comes to this earth, he doesn't say, hey, what are you going to do? Are you going to hold up your end of the deal? Because we all drop the ball on that one. We all have sinned. We have all fallen short of God's glory. And because of his great chesed, because of his great love, he comes into this world. And he says, you can't hold up your end of the deal. I'm going to hold it up for you. 
And he goes to the cross. And he lives the perfect life we couldn't live. And he washes us clean again. Because you know what? We're called to live committed. We need to live committed. We need to, out of the beauty of the gospel, eliminate and fight sin from our lives. But you will never do it perfectly. And we need the commitment that Jesus offered us on the cross. Because when we fall short, he follows through. You know what? Redemption is always possible. You know, one of the dangers, we look at a, a story like this, and I know we like to sort of view ourselves as the characters in the, in the shows that we watch or the, the stories that we read, right? You identify with a character. You know, like, uh, I, I watched the Avengers recently, and sometimes you see, like, a Thor, and you're like, wow, I'm Thor, but then you realize, like, I'm Thor from the last movie where it's like he sort of, like, lets himself go and isn't very... <laughs> interested. We read stories like this and you think, well, oh yeah, I'm like Boaz. I'm the hero. I'm going to save the people that need help around me. Or, you know, I'm like Ruth. I'm the faithful one. No, no, no. We're all like Naomi, the destitute, broken, upset woman who needs help. And actually she has a leg up on most of us because she realizes how broken she is. We need help. And when you read the Bible, we all need to realize that you're not the hero of this story. I'm not the hero of this story. God himself is the hero of this story and yours. Redemption is always possible. We're broken. We desperately need God's love to come into our lives and, and be amazed by it and receive hope and live committed lives to him. But his love for you isn't contingent on your commitment to him. Romans 5 verses 6 through 8, this is what's written there. You see at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely would anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Have you ever thought, why is it that every hero in the Bible has some intense, ridiculous failure that goes along with their lives? Abraham sells out his wife. Noah does real weird stuff after he gets off the ark. You know, Samson, oh my goodness, this dude's like super strong. God's blessed him, but he does horrible stuff. Peter, the rock on which the church is meant to be built is going to be built. It's told by Jesus, you're going to deny me three times, yet he still does it. It's because in the midst of all of our brokenness and sin, when we were still powerless, Christ died for us. This is the beauty of the gospel. This is the truth of who God is. You can do nothing to deserve his forgiveness or salvation. Yet in his love, in his kindness, in his loyalty, in his long-suffering. He meets you in your brokenness, and he washes you clean again. Redemption 
is always possible. Let's pray, and then we'll close. God, we lift our hearts to you. Remind us that you're the hero of our stories. You are where hope is found. If somebody's going through brokenness and they find themselves with with all of this hurt from the past, I pray that, God, you would shine your light into their darkness, that they would feel that your love is present with them and pour out your blessing by your spirit on them. God, we love you. Help us to crave to see how deeply you love us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great week. We'll see you again next week. We hope you enjoyed this message from Ogden Church. We would love to have you join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 10.30 a.m. If you would like any more information, you can find us on Facebook or at ogdenchurch.org.